0: it is, wherever you are, I'm Aaron Atencio, alongside Ryan Cutchin, and you are listening to the Poorly Informed Sports Show. What year is it? Dude, it's 2022, baby. What? What happened? (laughs) What what? What happened? That's a... Oh, man, there's a lot of answers to that question. (laughs)
1: Like, in the world, not even... with No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Honestly with just sports, there's a lot that's happened. That Seriously, yeah. We really even haven't talked to each other about much. I mean, we've done occasional like outside of trivia, like talking about sports and yeah. whatnot, but really not a lot of discussion between us either.
0: Yeah, not about. a whole lot. I mean, um I don't know I don't know, everything has has taken a backseat. Like I'm not even watching the nuggets that much, to be honest. That's weird. Like part of it is just cause it's a pain in the neck to like find a stream and get my like Computer hooked up to the TV and whatever, and I'm just super oh, lazy. altitude is still. But yeah. Yeah, still, still not available
1: on most cable providers.
0: Um, but you know, it is what it is. How you been, man?
1: Been all right. Been great. Sports suck right now for me, but like life's pretty good. You know, we're finally kind of coming out of the the craziness of COVID and getting back to normal a little bit. So that's been exciting. You know, our mask mandate expired on. Uh, this past Friday so things are starting to feel better but uh, yeah like I said my um, my sports suck there's no baseball right now and they're in a lockout the Rockets are rebuilding uh, and so there's not a whole lot to look forward to
0: so ordinarily like m- without the lockout and I mean we can get into this more later but without the lockout would we be in spring training yet or would like yeah,
1: pitchers and catchers would have reported by now okay yep. gotcha and there'd be tons of stories we'd see videos of them playing catch and get way too excited <laughs> about it and yeah i don't have any of that it's just i guess i guess there is like minor league spring training that's still a go because they're not part of the uh players association okay um so they're not technically locked out but you know the astros are not really a exciting farm system team they're an exciting actual big league team team so well um, the
0: rockies are neither of those so that's at least you got that true that's going. true <laughs>
1: Hey, but at least Dick Momford is one of the owners that's a big part of the negotiations for the new CBA. Oh, great. Which is just what you want if yeah. you're <laughs> if you're a baseball fan. Uh the man who gave away Nolan Arenado and 50 million for some reason.
0: Ugh. All right. Well, look, let's uh before we get too deep into things. It's been almost or over a year and a half since the yeah. last time we recorded.
1: Yeah, was the last time we recorded remote?
0: I don't remember if it was remote or if we did one more after that. There was Right here in this garage. Yeah,
1: I think we might have done one during like a COVID lull. Yeah. But, but yeah, over a year and a half.
0: So, um, so let, let's let's take a quick look over things that have happened. Since, okay. Since the last time we recorded, um, and I'm going in no particular order here. So. Okay. We're gonna be all over the place. Let's see. Uh, Nikola Jokic won the NBA MVP.
1: That's right. Well deserved. Maybe on his way to doing it again.
0: Hey, here's hoping. That'd be sweet.
1: That'd be awesome.
0: Uh. James Harden has been on three different teams <laughs> since the last time we recorded. What
1: a nightmare.
0: Uh, Von Miller was traded from the Broncos and won a Super Bowl since the last time we recorded. And
1: played really well.
0: Very well. Uh, there have been not one, but two Olympic games. Olympic, you know, gatherings of, yes. sports from, or of uh, athletes from around the globe.
1: Speaking of that, I'm thinking of getting into curling. There's a gym in my town here. Yeah. Um, apparently, the biggest uh, uh, curling gym in uh, Lafayette. So, you know, maybe next time we talk, I'll tell you about how to yeah. be a good curler.
0: Yeah, give all the. You could be our curling insider.
1: That's that's right because that's what people listen to us for.
0: <laughs> it's it's the number one sport in number America. one
1: and the, sweeping the nation.
0: <laughs> sweeping! Look at what you did. <laughs> Let's go. I almost caught you in a like a spit take. That's there. right. <laughs> all right. There's been a new head coach for the Broncos since the last time we talked. Exciting. Well, not talked, but recorded. Yes. The NFL added a seventeenth game to their season. Is that
1: for, was that this past year? Yes. I didn't even realize that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, your first year into the NFL, like really yeah, following really the following NFL. It. Yep. Was uh, they they've, they've been marketing it all year as the biggest. year. Excuse me, the biggest year ever.
1: Longest, I yeah. guess. It was weird. It seemed like, is that the reason the Super Bowl was so late? Yes. Yeah, that was bizarre to me. But maybe they need to just do a week in between the uh, AFC-NFC championship and the Super Bowl yeah, instead I wonder... of two weeks. It seems like a long time with uh, how late that happened.
0: Yeah. Or just kick off earlier.
1: Perhaps, yeah. I don't know
0: why it was late. Now I'm confused because they they took away a preseason game. Yeah, it still felt
1: like really, you know, I was seeing like posts about like, oh, here's the anniversary of the Broncos' last Super Bowl. And it was like end of January, right?
0: Uh, very beginning of, of Very February. beginning of February, okay. Yeah, the Super Bowl always used to be the first weekend of February. All right, uh, two major sports franchises have changed their names since the last time we recorded
1: Cleveland Guardians and Washington Commanders, which I was very bummed about because I saw a rumor they were going to be the Armada, which would have been awesome.
0: I had heard Admirals. It's not bad either. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, Going away from sports a little bit, there have been two new Star Wars shows and season two of The Mandalorian, so kind of like three Star Wars shows.
1: No spoilers. I'm only like partway through Boba Fett.
0: Uh, There have also been, and I know this is totally your wheelhouse, there have been five... Marvel superhero shows, and three, if I'm counting right, I might be wrong. There might be more, but at least three Marvel superhero movies. Like, I, yeah. They just crank those things out.
1: I don't understand. It's, yeah, as someone that's not a comic book guy, it's just like, how are there so many? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. But you like them. People like them. I'm not hating, but holy moly.
0: But the most important thing that happened since the last time we recorded does have to do with sports. I'm bringing it back. It was one deep drive into left field by Castellanos, and that'll be a home run. <laughs> and that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. I
1: don't ever know if I'll put on this headset again.
0: I'd like to apologize to the people that signed my paycheck. Right. and no one else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, is it wrong to, like, make light of Tom Bredeman being an asshole?
1: No, not at all. <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious. I also think it's funny how he was doing, like, Dominican League uh, games because that's the only place he can get a job now.
0: Uh, that was just one of the most absurd sports stories that I I can remember in a while.
1: It's crazy how a lot of my friends who are not sports fans will still meme about that. I love it.
0: <laughs> it's just so it, it's so so perfect. absurd. All right, man, that's enough. That's enough goofing around. Right? Let, let's get into sports. We
1: never let's... goof around on this show.
0: We're <laughs> we're all business. <laughs>
1: All right, so you want to start with some NBA, because maybe it's kind of relevant right now?
0: Yeah. It's not
1: not something I'm thrilled to talk about. Um, Obviously, the Rockets are sitting here in what is basically year one. Maybe last year you counted after Harden got traded. Year one of a rebuild. Um, You've got uh, what was at the beginning of the season, three 19-year-olds getting significant playing time. Uh, since then, I believe Jalen Green has uh, graduated to his twenties. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of rough out there, man, for for Rockets fans. We're looking at a team that is bottom of the barrel in the West, 15 and 43 record. Um, and you know, there's some there is some fun to be had with some of these rookies. You know, I think specifically Alperin Shingoon has been incredibly fun to watch. Um, you know. Clearly a centerpiece, almost a, a, a mini Jokic yeah. type player. You know, he came over from Turkey. Um, I think he was a Turkish MVP before coming over here. So he's been great. You know, pass first style big man with some really good moves. Um, he's worked with akim Olajuwon now, and that's showing in his game. Um, you know, you've got you've got the number number two overall pick, Jalen Green, who's really been up and down. Uh, just participated in. Uh, the dunk contest and was uh, a big part in making it what people are saying is the worst <laughs> dunk contest ever. Uh, I didn't watch because I really don't care about All-Star Game stuff. Um, you've got Josh Christopher, another uh, young 19-year-old who's had a great rookie season. But but yeah, overall, man, it's not been very fun to watch the Rockets this year. It's um, a lot like uh, the, you know, early 2010s Astros when they were doing their rebuild, um, you know, I, I definitely suffered through and watched more of that than I am the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just because I'm a little bit more of a baseball guy than a basketball guy. Uh, however, uh, some actual um, news for the Rockets lately, the trade deadline hit on uh, un- unlike what a lot of experts were thinking. Eric Gordon and Christian Wood did both stay
0: put. Yeah,
1: but. Uh, Daniel Tice, backup center, um, was traded to Boston, where he was had played for a number of years before this, uh, for Ines Cantor or Ines Freedom, I guess his name is now. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno Fernando and Dennis Schroeder, uh, the Rockets immediately uh, cut Ines Freedom, uh, almost because, in my opinion, I, I wonder, uh, because of Alperen Shingun being another Turkish player and with Ines Freedom's... Um, Political takes about Turkey. Uh, Apparently, a lot of Turkish players do not like to associate with him because they would prefer not to be banned from the country. Yeah. They want to go see their family. Um, But the Rockets did keep Bruno Fernando, who I don't know a whole lot about, and Dennis Schroeder, which I thought was interesting. Um, You know, the Rockets continue to play a lot of Eric Gordon and Dennis Schroeder with these young guys, um, which seems strangely counterproductive to me. You know, you're you're cutting playing time for your young guys and you're potentially winning more games because of these veterans on your team. Um so that's about all I can say with the Rockets right now. That's kind of what's going on. Maybe. I don't know. I'm sure, you know, you haven't been following the nuggets much. I'm sure you really don't care about the Rockets right now. So I don't know if you have any
0: Well no, I am curious. Like first of all, I had no idea that Schroeder was twenty eight. I thought he was younger. Um that his whole uh off-season saga was strange. Oh, inform me. Uh, I, I'm not aware. It just it seemed like he vastly overvalued himself.
1: Oh, that's right cuz he was with the Lakers last year, right. right? And he was looking
0: for like a huge deal with them. I don't think it was a max, but it was close, right? Um but I I don't know. I thought he would give more than just like I don't know what his actual contract looks like, but you know, getting bounced around in the middle of the season right from like. boston
1: a playoff team yeah you know that's kind of strange and um you know apparently these young guys are really enjoying him you know they they after the first game uh that he played i think it was against phoenix the rockets lost by only three to the suns i believe it was s- low single digits um and a lot of the young guys were saying how much fun it was to play with Schreuder and all that so maybe there's something there that i'm not seeing something yeah. that they can learn um but, yeah, he's he's a Rocket, and he's getting a lot of playing time for whatever reason. Hmm. So, here we
0: are. Well, so, we're sitting here with, um, I mean, you kind of have like a, a, the Rockets had three first-round picks this year, which right. were Jalen Green, Alperen Sengun, Alpern Josh, Christopher. Josh Christopher. Or, no, get,
1: also, um oh, they had four. That's right. They had the guy that was in the Spanish League, and I'm forgetting his name. He's been up and down a lot. Garuba. <sighs>
0: Garuba. I yeah, want. I want a he was
1: – Yeah, you wanted him. He's like a little. He almost reminds you of like a dra- uh, like his ceiling is like a Draymond Green, right? Right. right yeah. If you're gonna dream on a
0: guy, and that's what um, uh, like the the Nuggets subreddit sold me on was that he was Jaylen, I mean, uh, Draymond Green Jr. Yeah. Um. So so not a ton of playing time for him. He's been no, he's down. been
1: mostly in the G League. Okay. Um. Famously, uh, did play against the Suns. Not this past. Time, but earlier in the season, and uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Paul dribbled the ball through Garuba's legs and oh, went past him. Nutmeg, him. Um, yeah, nutmeg, classic nutmeg. So that was a little embarrassing for a guy that's supposed to be, you know, a real defensive powerhouse. Yeah. Um, but he's learning. He's kind of learning the American game. Um, hopefully, coming along well. But, but yeah, man, it's um, it. You know, I think Jalen Green is clearly the worst of the top three. You know, you've got yeah. Mobley and you've got Cunningham who are having solid years Mobley, especially. Um, and, and green is just not impressed. You know, I, I know a lot of people on the internet are, are blaming, uh, head coach Steven Silas for, for a lot of the, the reason that Jalen green hasn't been quote unquote unlocked. You know, I think he got 20 points in the rising stars game during the all-star break. And it was like, Oh, Hey, look, this is what Jalen green can do. If, if you, if you set him free, um, but I just, I'm not that impressed with him overall. You know, I, I think his shot uh, is kind of ugly, needs a lot of work. Um, and he seems not aggressive. He just is not showing a whole lot of aggression where I think he should. But I, I hope I get proven wrong. You know, the guy's 19 years old. So yeah. um, there's a lot of room for growth here. I don't well, want do to get you, too down.
0: Do you feel like, you know, some combination of those four dudes is a foundation for, for the future? Shin
1: Gun, 100%. Yeah. I think he's a guy that you absolutely build around um, and continue to develop and, and prioritize playing time for. You know, early on in the season, they were really not playing him a whole lot of minutes, and it was apparently um, spe- uh, part of the, his specific development plan, you know, coming over from Turkey, um, not being used to kind of the NBA schedule and physicality. Um, but slowly but surely, he's getting more playing time. I know that's a big part of why um, Raphael Stone. The general manager said they traded Daniel Tice was to get Shingoon more minutes. So okay. um, looking forward to this, uh, this back half of the season after the all-star break here um, in terms of just development of these young guys, you know, you still got a guy like Jay Sean Tate, you know, also part of the rising stars challenge game um, that's who's really coming into his own. So um, we'll see. I'm trying to, trying to enjoy it, uh, but it's been tough.
0: I'm looking at uh, Shangun's numbers right now, averaging two and a half assists per game, uh, eight point seven points per game. Not too bad. Almost a block a game. I yeah, think.
1: and and his rate numbers are going to be a little tough because uh, his per game numbers, rather, just because he's not getting a lot of playing time. Yeah. But if I bet if you look at his like assists per minute, yeah, um, it'd be a lot better. Bounce, um,
0: bounce that stuff up to like, uh, what's the like the uh, per 36 and
1: right. Yeah. That would be the better stuff to look at him. Gotcha. But really hoping he does get a whole lot more playing time in the, the second half of the season. Yeah. And then obviously with an off season here in the States, you know, maybe, maybe next year we're looking at, a at a guy that's going to be a team leader. We'll see. Yeah. So how are the nuggets?
0: Well, the nuggets are good. They're currently sitting at the six seed. Um, Eight games above 500, so not bad. Not bad
1: considering you're missing uh, Michael Porter Jr. and you're missing Jamal Murray.
0: Right, and that's the big like asterisk that is going to hang over this season. MPJ strained his back and had to have corrective surgery. I don't even remember when the surgery was.
1: And is this the injury that was the reason he got drafted late?
0: So that injury was like a, um, a disc in his spine, Okay. This seems like a muscle thing, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. I, I might be completely wrong about what the current injury is. Because um, I know he had he had surgery to fix it. You don't really do that for a strained muscle. So I don't know. Um, I do know the Nuggets were awarded a contract exception for him. I don't remember what the exact uh, name of the exception is. Basically, it means an independent doctor determined he was unlikely to return... Uh, before, like, the latest possible end date for the NBA Finals. But hasn't so, that changed?
1: I thought I heard more looking mid-March
0: for a potential return. That's currently what it seems like. That's um, exciting. So, so the cool thing about the exception is it doesn't require the Nuggets to keep him out. Um, it just kind of takes the pressure off of, like, we have to get him back as soon as we can. Right. Um, and even if he does come back, they don't lose that exception. It's just like a... Not probability because it's not like measurable, but, um, you know, just a guess. Yeah. Um, that's An educated guess. Right. So, like you said, the timeline looks like it's moving up on him. I mean, they haven't put him on injured reserve or anything like that. Um, Is he working out with the team? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know that he's with the team, like he's on the bench during games. Uh, during the last game before the All Star break, uh, right after Monte Morris hit that awesome buzzer beater three to mm-hmm. beat Golden State, uh, MPJ was one of the first dudes who like sprinted down the court and was like hugging Monte, jumping up and down. So awesome and concerning. Well, I mean, he looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he just doesn't look like a dude who's concerned about his back. Good. Like catching in the middle of a jump, you know. So um, it's not. Exactly on-the-floor situation, but it's not too far off. Hopefully, yeah. He's not, I don't know. Um, Jamal Murray tore his ACL last year at Golden State. uh, And hopeful timetables have him coming back late March, early April. Was that
1: in Orlando?
0: No, it was in, it, it was in, was it at the Oracle or was it after they moved? I don't remember when they moved. Okay, but, it, but was, it was it was, was back when we bubble. were doing actual home games and things yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah, because that the bubble and stuff was the end of 2020, right? And actually, that's the last time we recorded was was uh, like talking about the bubble. That's why we decided right. to record because they were like back on. They were actually
1: yeah, stuff was happening. But um, the Rockets were actually a playoff team. Wow.
0: <laughs> the Nuggets were healthy. It's
1: eternity ago.
0: But yeah, man. I mean, lots of. Uh, Smaller changes for the Nuggets over the last you know couple of years. Gary Harris is gone, which is a yeah. Big speaking move. of Orlando, right? Yeah, uh, he and R.J. Hampton were traded to Orlando for Aaron Gordon. And dude, I tell you, when you have Aaron Gordon on the floor with Nikola Jokic and MPJ and Jamal Murray, look out.
1: And maybe Will Barton? Does he? <laughs> Who I else? mean,
0: yeah, Barton was slotted in. I think you might. Well, it'll be Barton Yeah. Uh, if and when the other two guys come back. That'll be your starting five. It'll be Murray, Barton, MPJ, Gordon, and Jokic. That sounds really fun. Oh, it's, it was so fun to watch before before Murray got hurt last year. Um, I should have looked it up. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they had like maybe a 12-0 run after the trade deadline last year. It was in that neighborhood. Um, maybe they lost a game, but... If Murray would have stayed healthy last year, I think that team, maybe not. Maybe they wouldn't have beaten the Suns, but it would have been a more exciting series. Absolutely. Way better series. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, having Murray versus Chris Paul is something that we should have all yeah, that gotten would have to
0: been, see. I, Murray and, and uh, Devin Booker could have had some yeah. fun duels. Yeah. You know, in that same kind of Almost. vein as... as Donovan Mitchell. Don, yep,
1: the Don, the bubble, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray back and forth. Right. That was fun.
0: Um, Another small uh, change that really, really boosts the Nuggets bench. Um, Bull Bull, the human victory cigar who <laughs> never got playing time unless the Nuggets were getting blown out or were doing the blowing out.
1: Much to his displeasure, mm-hmm. I understand.
0: Yeah, he uh, was so unhappy about it and, and was so transparent about how unhappy he was that uh, the Nuggets traded him twice. They traded him once to Detroit, and he failed his physical. So he came back, and then they managed to trade him and P.J. Dozier, who is injured. Um, It was a three-team trade that brought Bryn Forbes from San Antonio to Denver. And Forbes should really, has really been a a big help for the Nuggets Is he the the guy that's
1: kind of being considered for a starting job over Barton or potentially could be. possibly
0: uh, either either him or um I mean the fans the fans want bones okay rookie bones Highland mm mm-hmm. uh, who was also in the rising star stars game uh, I didn't catch it I don't know how he actually did at the game but anyway Bryn Forbes he's only played 15 games for the Nuggets but he's averaging 10.6 points a game off the bench I'll take that. Yeah. He's a sharpshooter. He's the kind of bench player that Nuggets fans have been wanting for years. You're so honestly. lucky to have that
1: Nuggets front office. They just seem to keep finding guys like that.
0: And they're keeping those guys because yeah. they've extended MPJ. Like, Right. It's a little controversial. They gave him the max, but if they didn't, somebody else would. And in Denver, you have to. Plus, they know more
1: about, you know, I know he's hurt, but they know more about his physical well-being than anyone else.
0: That's true. That is true. Uh, Murray and Jokic are both under contract for a couple more years. I think Jokic might be up for uh, like a new extension this year. Um, He's not an impending free agent, but I think he's going to meet qualifiers to get a super max deal versus the max that he currently has. And the Nuggets managed to sign Aaron Gordon to an extension, too. I think he's under contract for three more years after this one. So I think it was a total of four years.
1: So they're just going to keep being good.
0: Yeah, man. And, for a while. <laughs> and thank God, because MPJ and Murray are still hurt. And, like, yeah. this is a lost year. But I wouldn't
1: speak too soon. I mean...
0: Well, it, anything could happen when they come back, right?
1: Anything could happen in the playoffs. Just get in, right? Get in yeah. and yeah. go from there.
0: I mean, Jokic carried the team to the Western Conference Finals last year. Right. Right? So, so did they make a conference finals or just the divisional round? Now I don't remember. No, because
1: who did Phoenix play in the conference finals? I don't think it was Denver. See, this is also part of me just, like, being really sad about the Rockets is that normally I would have this right right on the front of my memory, and I just don't.
0: I was trying to think today about who, who Phoenix beat in the finals. Did they play the Suns? Was it Phoenix and the Suns in the Western Conference? That's the same team. Jazz. <laughs> Phoenix Phoenix and the Jazz. Oh, I'm so dumb. I'm so... Oh, man. I can't even
1: remember. I don't even want to say. I know we're poorly informed, but like...
0: This is a new low. I,
1: yeah, this is a new low. And this is... And, and like I said, my... <laughs> yeah, the Phoenix... The Phoenix and the Suns.
0: That's a new low. Phoenix
1: played the Suns, you know. <laughs> it was Chris Paul's hamstring against Chris Paul. It, <laughs> speaking of Rockets flashbacks.
0: Oh, man. All right. Well, I just completely fumbled all of that. So let's move on from baseball. Ryan, all right. Tell me what's going on in the MLB.
1: Let's see. So not 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 a lot of fun. If you're a fan, the um, collective bargaining agreement came uh, to an end after the season. Uh, and uh, I don't think they played a World Series this year. Unfortunately, Um not remembering a World Series oh, at is- all. Kind of like the, um, the
0: Super Bowl in uh, 2013 that they canceled? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah it just didn't happen, uh, so we're not going to even talk about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the CBA expired, um, and pretty much everyone predicted that this would happen. The You predicted on this show,
0: on our very podcast, we've discussed this. Yep,
1: the lockout happened, um, and there are some serious uh, disagreements between the uh, Players Union and the league, and... Um, only today have I become more optimistic about this thing getting resolved, so that we can get a full 162-game season in. Um, but essentially, um, the the big disagreements between the union and the owners um, are are the competitive balance tax, which is the luxury tax okay. for baseball. Um, so obviously, the players would like that to be higher. The many of the owners would like that to be lower. Now, there are disagreements within the ownership of baseball between like small market big market guys like let's let's be clear but in general you have um the league rob man for the owners pushing um to keep the competitive balance tax roughly more kind of where it is now and the players wanting to uh to, to make the the salary higher before that kicks in right yeah makes sense um the other thing that the players are pushing for um that i think is actually really important uh is a draft lottery Okay. Um, Just like the NBA. Um, Right now, it looks like they're they're slowly agreeing on that. I think the league has finally agreed that, yes, we can have a draft lottery. Um, And in fact, today, I think they even upped their number of teams from three to four that would be involved in the lottery. Um, But the Players Association is still sitting at eight. They want the bottom eight teams to all be involved in the lottery. Makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend my team didn't tank to get good. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't very fun. And I, I don't think uh, I don't think it's great that you know that was kind of when that was happening with the Astros. It was like the Astros and Cubs were clearly tanking to get good. Both went on to win World Series in sixteen and seventeen. Right. And so now you just have a lot of copycat teams where you go into the year and like between a third and half the league is actively trying not to win. So you know, is a lottery going to completely solve that? Probably not. But it should make it better, mm-hmm. um, and especially if you get, you know, let's say, you know, MLB is at four, MLBPA is at eight. Let's say we get six teams in the lottery. I think that helps a lot. Yeah, um, you know, thinking of of Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa. You know, these are some huge names that the Astros got very early in the drafts because they were tanking. Um, so beyond the draft lottery, another interesting um, piece that's being discussed is the idea of a uh, pre-arbitration bonus pool for young players so i don't i'm sure you're not that aware of the arbitration system in in baseball um but basically um players after three years while they're still under the team control of the team that uh drafted them mm-hmm. um are eligible for arbitration salary arbitration where um based on their performance They uh, set a number that they think they should get paid. Their team sets a number that they think they should get paid. And then an arbiter comes in and picks a number that makes sense between the two, usually. Um, So it's basically a way for young guys that are very good to get paid more than the league minimum. Yeah. Um, So what the Players Association has proposed is a bonus pool for these players that are really young and are not arbitration eligible yet. And that would uh, pay out players that are in the top 30 of those pre-arbitration eligible players, um, and the payouts would be based on what their war is, and did they get an MVP or a rookie of the year, you know, kind of award-based.
0: Is that um, top 30 all players or by position?
1: Top 30 just by pre-arbitration players. Yeah. So, so of all, yeah, of all the players that are not yet eligible, that haven't gotten their three years, or are, are what's called a super two, which I'm not going to get into because it's way too complicated and <laughs> annoying. Um, of those top thirty, um, this bonus pool would be split, um, not equally, but but divvied out between them based on performance. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's the issue: <laughs> uh, while the league has uh, kind of agreed that this is a good idea. Uh, the league set that uh, bonus pool at ten million dollars to be distributed out
0: between thirty guys.
1: Yup, <clears throat> the players' association had set it at one hundred and five million.
0: Oh, so there's <laughs> so, kind of a gap. Just there. a bit <laughs> of a
1: difference there. Now, just today, um, the league raised it to twenty million. So I don't know if that's it. Just. It's still way off. That's you know? a win
0: for the players, damn it.
1: <laughs> so, so you're still looking at a lot of issues here that are uh, very critical that need to get worked out. You know, the league has already said, do not expect any spring training games before March 5th. Um, and we're looking at a potential loss of games this season unless they can really get it figured out.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you need like a lead up time to, to get ready for actual like regular season. Right. March 5th is two weeks away from today.
1: Yeah. So normally you'd have spring training games happening. You know, there are people that have bought tickets yeah, to those spring training games. And uh, that that's clearly not happening. Um, what I'm just scared of is losing a full 162 game schedule. Um, now, good news on that front is that the uh, Players Union and the league are meeting every single day this week um, down in Florida, in Jupiter, Florida. I think it's actually at the... Uh, Yeah, the Cardinals and Marlins spring training home, the Roger Dean Stadium. Okay. Um, And today they met for multiple hours, um, which is a big change from some of their previous meetings that have been like 30 minutes and then they just end it. Really? Wow. Um, But today they met for a number of hours and then took a break and then came back to meet. Um, So there's some optimism now that they'll they'll get a deal done in enough time to have an abbreviated spring training and not lose any actual regular season games. Yeah. Um, But – it's not fun. Um, I'm a little skeptical that it'll happen. Um, but we'll see, man. We'll see. I, uh, I really want baseball because I need to have something more exciting than watching the Rockets. <laughs> but that's about all I got there. Um, only, oh, I guess only other thing I might have on baseball, and, and I don't know if you heard this, but uh, some rule change stuff. Uh, we oh. are going to the Universal Designated Hitter. Oh, really? Um, in the future, yes. So, so starting so in the season. So that was
0: brought on by... um, Oh, that was a rule for... It was a rule for all the COVID. last year for
1: COVID, right? Not last year. The year, oh, the before, year before that I... for the COVID season. Gotcha. Yeah, last year was back to National League having okay. no DH. But yeah, going forward, every team will have it. Um, Kind of neutral on that. You know, I grew up a National League fan and then the Astros moved in 2013 to the American League. And I realized I actually really do like the designated hitter. Um, I think ideally, I'd like it as is where one league has it, one team, one league doesn't. I just think the variety is cool. But
0: is that effective for the, whenever the new season starts this year? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when we go to course field, we'll see even more runs. scored. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But yeah, not a lot, not a lot to say there. I'm pretty neutral on it. You know, I don't, I, I did see there was some guy uh, protesting outside of Dodger Stadium, which was kind of <laughs> hilarious. Um, but uh, One one guy. One dude. And people were like honking for him. So I, I think maybe Dodgers fans want to see pitchers hit for some reason. But yeah, I don't know. I have very, very few thoughts on that. It's it's kind of whatever. Um, so there's baseball for you. That's kind of what's been in front of mind.
0: Right on. All right, are you ready to jump into the Broncos? Do we need to take a break first?
1: Why don't we take a break and come back to the Broncos? And before we uh, jump in, I just want to say that this is going to be, uh, I think, kind of a fun segment because I uh, f- actually followed and watched every single Broncos game this past year as an uninformed football guy. Um, so uh, while I haven't been following the off season so much, as young as it is, um, I did follow the regular season. So I'm going to have some questions. Uh, yeah. So this this'll be fun, but we'll take a quick break and then uh hop right back in with John First Talk.
0: All right, so we're back after our nice little little break, little potty break and refreshment break. Snow break,
1: it's snowing outside. Yeah. Again, snowiest month by the or snowiest start to the year in Denver recorded history. By the way, that we're I mean, living in.
0: I, I hate to be the the like Colorado broken record and say we need it, but we need it. I mean, we kind of had a massive fire recently. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. That was insane. Uh, let's let's jump into Broncos before I go off on that tangent. Yeah,
1: no one's here for poorly informed weather.
0: <laughs> um, okay, all right. So as we establish established at the beginning of the episode. It's been a long time since we've recorded, so I'm going to go through some bullet points, uh, things that have happened since summer of 2020. So this is going to cover two seasons pretty rapidly here. Okay. Um, uh, Drew Locke had a season as a starter. It didn't go so hot. Like, it wasn't awful, but Broncos country was generally ready to look for a new quarterback after that season. Yes. Uh, John Elway stepped away from the GM role at the end of 2020. Um, He technically gave himself or received a promotion. He moved from vice president of football operations to president, uh, but he did leave that GM role. Um, and basically it's like a pre-retirement gig. Um, he, that's a good way for him to like, <laughs> not go out,
1: but to, to kind of start transitioning away yeah. from, from critical decisions, because uh, let's be real. The man did bring us Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. but I, Outside of that,
0: like, eh, <laughs> mm, I push back. I push back on that. Okay, fair. He, uh, he brought Peyton Manning. That was the huge coup, and that was a reason that a lot of like ensuing stuff happened. But he also built not only a top offense of all time for Peyton. He also that that offense got creamed in that Super Bowl that got canceled that we talked about. Right, earlier. Yeah, the other one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he responded to that by building one of the best defenses ever like like maybe the number four defense of all time maybe um fair so okay so, fair point. so so john moved away from that role john i'm on a first name basis with him uh he, nice the broncos hired george payton to be the new general manager um, i was definitely
1: not calling him george Patton for a while definitely not
0: <laughs> uh, a lot of people on reddit still spell his name Patton with two, t- two, t's, two t's yeah mm-hmm. it's like we only see this in text how do you get it wrong <laughs> Um, Peyton, if you're not familiar, worked his way up. He was a scouting intern in Chicago. Uh, next got the role of a pro personnel director in Chicago uh, and eventually was an assistant GM in Minnesota before taking the gig in Denver.
1: So I got to stop you there. I'm curious then, because didn't Fangio come from Chicago?
0: Yeah, I don't think they, that their tenures overlap. They never though. had overlap. Okay. Um, Just curious. Uh, but it was Elway who hired Fangio right right not Payton so, mm-hmm. um so basically the first big move that uh that George Payton made um i mean he, he had some good free agency pickups they went out and signed a lot of cornerbacks uh to a lot of money corner db not right thrower uh but then they did trade for Teddy Bridgewater um and that was a really good trade like regardless of how the season played out um they got really good value with that trade.
1: Steady Teddy, man. He was uh He was solid. Like it was refreshing, I think, coming from watching Drew Locke, at least for me. Um, really refreshing, at least, to see a quarterback um just seem more competent with the offense. Like I know the joke of like, oh, you need three yards, Teddy will get you five. You need fifteen yards, Teddy will get you five. Yeah. But at least like you know at least he was consistent he was steady you know steady teddy I I there was some enjoyment I got out of that like obviously biased towards like the first three games of the season against both New York teams and Jacksonville which sure. it was like great he's doing everything we need mm-hmm. but um well like, look, no I mean, no hate for that guy man I think he's he gets a lot of hate around here after the way the season ended up but I, th- I think he came in and
0: and like did a fine job. So the Broncos only gave up a sixth round pick for him and Carolina, his previous team paid the majority of his contract. So when you take that in exchange for literally measurably the best quarterback season, the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning retired with 18 touchdowns and seven picks. It's good value.
1: Right. Was that in, where is his contract right now? He's a free agent. He's a free agent. So he,
0: he will be when the league year starts, uh, in late March. Okay. Everything got pushed back with, with the, with the, the addition of the game. Right. Um, so I, it's like mid to late March when, so we have probably seen the last of him in a Broncos uniform, probably. And a a lot of Broncos fans hope so. Um, I'm neutral on it. I don't really want to see him come back because like he's 31, I guess next year we know who he is. Um, 18 touchdowns is the best he's ever had in a season, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong. Feel free to fact check me on that one. But I think 18's the best. Um, and I think seven interceptions is the fewest in a 16-game season for him. Much less. Um,
1: well, did he play all 17? He no, did he did not because he had that concussion.
0: Right, and so he missed the last three and a half right, weeks. Right, Um. But still. Or we got I mean, to watch Drew Luck uh be okay he was okay but he was and this is this is stupid to say and this is the this is the argument that all of the lock fans on reddit give but damn it he was like more fun to watch he wasn't better but it was more interesting It was it's kind of like kind of like watching tim tebow okay where like he's a better passer than tebow and it's not close like lock haters don't 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 play with that one. That's just stupid. Um,
1: yeah, that's pretty objective.
0: Yeah, it, it's he's he's a much better thrower than Tebow, um, but he's also much less athletic and like can do fewer exciting things and doesn't have kind of the clutchiness that Tebow had. You right. know, um, somehow, some way, against all odds, Tebow just made stuff work. Uh, Locke doesn't have that, but. My opinion for for going into for the quarterback position going into next year is if you don't land one, land one of those white whales, like a, are there any in this draft? Not or not a draft. A free agent. A free you're talking about like
1: Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, exactly. Types. Okay, uh,
0: if you don't land one of those guys, I say like draft a guy if 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 there's one like at a reasonable spot, uh, and and just just keep. Just keep Locke. He's under contract for another year. He's cheap. Um, If he's good, hey, that's super cool, and we didn't expect yeah. that to happen. If not, it's a lot better quarterback draft next year. And in that case, it behooves you to suck with Locke. Right, exactly.
1: Know? It's a rocket situation, tank.
0: So, anyway, I got ahead of myself there. Uh We're supposed to be going through bullet points of 2020 and beyond. Oh, yeah, so, sorry. Uh, a little so too s- much 2021 there. <laughs> the Broncos up for Bridgewater. That's 2021. So we're we're current. Um, they had the ninth overall pick in the draft last year, and they used it in, in this really good quarterback draft. Everybody knew they were going to go quarterback, and instead they went corner, and they drafted Patrick Sertan the second from Alabama. Who had a
1: just phenomenal season. He
0: really did, and like I. Still think it was the wrong choice to draft him instead of a quarterback. Like, put put your favorite guy in there. I don't care. A franchise corner. Sorry. I'm getting, like, tongue-tied with these two <laughs> words. A franchise corner is not worth anywhere close Fair. to a franchise quarterback.
1: And was this Peyton's draft or Elway's?
0: This was Peyton's this draft. This was Peyton, okay. Um, And he went the safer route. And, like, it worked out. That doesn't make it the smartest move, in my opinion. doesn't make it the smartest gamble. Yeah, but I'm not. what's
1: your opportunity cost there, right? Like yeah. you said, it's a franchise quarterback, potentially.
0: But I'm not going to complain too much because, like you said, Patrick Sertan had an awesome year. Yeah. Um. And, like, right now, Justin Fields, it was my preferred choice of the realistic targets. Um, he ended up going 11th overall to the Bears. Didn't have a great year. Uh. You can't judge a guy off of one year, at, especially at that position, right? Um, but you know the early results are what they are. Uh, Mac Jones went 15th overall. I was dead set against New York, right? Mac Jones. He went the to Giants. New England. Okay. Dan Daniel Jones is is that's the what I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, and he's like a third or fourth year dude. Was at this Mac point. Jones
1: then the guy that? Uh, I mean, he started right the whole season.
0: Yes. Yeah, and he 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 was the dude that um, led Alabama to the championship I, uh, last yes. year, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, this, they, this they past year win, they right? lost
1: to Georgia, but the year
0: before that with him they won. Yeah, I think against so, Clemson. Uh, Jones Jones looked good. Like, don't hold me to that. He's not the kind of quarterback who's going to go toe to toe with um, Patrick Mahomes and right. Justin Herbert.
1: And that's what you're looking at in this division, right? I mean, that's your for years to come. That's your competition.
0: (laughs) But Derek Carr wins those games enough, at least half the time. Yeah. So maybe he's a Derek Carr type. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, when you look towards this year's draft, and I'm I'm going to get into the draft a a lot later, mm -hmm. like not in this episode. Right. We'll go more when when that actually is upon us. Right. Because it's so early in the process now. But um, but it seems like a Derek Carr kind of dude might be the ceiling for this year's draft. So leaves me kind of lukewarm. Which is why you're saying stick with Locke for another year. Right. Uh, the other – I mean, it was a d- great draft class in 2021 overall, but the other standout for me is Javante Williams, and we were talking about him a bit before oh, my we God. came back.
1: So much fun to watch. I will say, like, as a very uh, a newbie football fan, but this being my first year I followed the Broncos, that was the most exciting part of the season for me was watching Javante Williams drag 17 million people on his back while he just continued to uh, advance up the field. I mean, it was just stupid um, the way this guy would handle contact and um,
0: running running back.
1: unreal. Like how did, how did so many people miss on this guy?
0: Well, running back isn't highly valued and the Broncos took him at two, uh, not at two in the second round. Um, So pick number 40 and that felt high to me to take any running back. So when did this happen? When did running back? Cause I feel like that's not a
1: like nineties NFL thing. We're running. No, backs not are, at all. You, know, no, you it's like it's the, much, much bettas, later. the You know,
0: it's a passing league. So, so okay. every passing year, sorry, <laughs> every, you know, year as Tom Brady cements himself as the best football player of all time. And as Peyton Manning changes the game and Aaron Rodgers right. You know, continually does what he does. Um, the running game kind of gets diminished. It like seems more like important
1: plug and play, right?
0: And that's the other thing,
1: um, especially a, a with good, the, the amount of. I you mean, know, like clearly Javante Williams was amazing this year, but MG three also decent got a lot of touches too, right? Yeah, so I mean, both of
0: them had just over nine hundred yards.
1: Yeah. Um, but it is more plug and play, where it's I think I think the, maybe the mindset is okay. Well, if you have a quarterback that. Uh, is solid, then you know you get a sufficient running back and you're fine. Your running game is doing absolutely. what it needs to do.
0: And I, I think that um, at least for Broncos fans, a lot of like the genesis of that was when Mike Shanahan was here. In I mean, he came here in the mid '90s, but in the post elway years before Shanahan was gone, uh, it was absolutely 100% plug and play a dude, and you'll get a thousand yards rushing. Yeah, this is post because, Terrell Davis too, then, right? Right. I mean, you had dudes whose names, like, don't jump out at anybody. Like, um, they had Tatum Bell, Mike Bell, uh, Ruben Drones. Um, Literally, none of these names mean anything to me. Right, and they're nobodies. Yeah. In in the grand scheme of football, and uh, consistently rushing for a thousand yards, year in and year out. To the point where you know people were like, "What do they put in the water in Denver?" Because <laughs> how do these nobodies keep doing this? Yeah. Uh, all do you right. You think that's
1: more? Do you think that's like the result of a good quarterback, or do you think like O line really matters there?
0: When Shanahan was here, it was all about the offensive line and more importantly the scheme. It was fair. The I mean, maybe not more importantly because they were seriously talented. But, it I mean, it was year in and year out when Shanahan was here. And then when he was gone, like, we didn't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So, So moving on, uh, last couple of big things that happened. Uh, Von Miller was traded to the Rams, which we kind of mentioned earlier. Um, The Broncos got uh, the Rams' second and third round picks for that. So, heading into the draft, they have... Five picks in the first three rounds, which is great. That's awesome. You know, the second and third, the extra second and thirds, are at the end of the round because the Rams won the Super Bowl. So, um, but I mean, you can use those to kind of maneuver your draft position. You know, if you want to trade up, trade down. I was going to say, yeah,
1: maybe he's trading some of those picks.
0: Um, or they could, like, if <laughs> if Payton's going to keep drafting like this, they could end up with five quality players next year. So.
1: Because and that is for this coming draft, right?
0: Yes, yeah. So so it's been it's been kind of fun to like play with the uh, mock draft machines that are just like automated video games basically. Right. Um it's like, "Oh, look at all these picks I made." Like cuz you got 5 picks. I don't know, it's fun. And super scientific by the way. You can uh, you can learn a ton from those mock draft machines. They're <laughs> infallible. <laughs> I believe it. I, I fall victim to those every year. How come I didn't get the best player in the draft at the thirty-second pick? <laughs> okay, so that brings us to where we are today. Um, oh no, it doesn't. I forgot to mention. Uh, Vic Fangio got fired.
1: Oh right, that uh, and happened. his entire staff. Uh, I don't know
0: anyone that was upset by that. His entire staff pretty much got right. They got wiped. Got wiped out. And um, the reason, the only reason anybody would have been upset about Fangio getting fired. Would have been if the rumor that everybody thought was a given, that uh, Jim Harbaugh was going to get hired. Yes, Jim. I had no I get idea the was a rumor. I get the Harbaugh's mixed up. Yeah, Jim from Michigan. Um, yeah, other dudes at Baltimore. Right. Uh, he was heavily linked to the Raiders job. And Fangio worked under Harbaugh in San Francisco until like 2015. Um So people were like, uh, we're going to fire Fangio and he's going to go to the Raiders and he's just going to like cream us twice a year for the foreseeable future. Thankfully, what the Raiders actually did was hire Josh McDaniels. As a Houston sports
1: fan that doesn't like the Texans, I think that's hilarious. Right? Wasn't he with the Texans? Oh, I'm thinking of Bill O'Brien, aren't I? Yes.
0: Okay. The other douchebag former, former New England offensive yes. coordinator. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. <laughs> they all blend together.
0: <laughs> well, they're all awful people. <laughs> um, fits with the Raiders. <laughs> I am kind of worried. Like, I don't want McDaniels to have flipped a switch in the last 10 or 11 years since he was in Denver. The idea of him going to... Well, Las Vegas. Um, it freaks me out. Like him going there and being good.
1: <sighs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's the scariest timeline. That would suck. Um, but
1: luckily they didn't do that. They didn't grab a Harbaugh.
0: Well, they did hire McDaniels.
1: The Raiders so, did. Yeah,
0: so I'm, I'm worried that McDaniels might do like a reverse Shanahan. Shanahan got fired by the Raiders and came here and then just like whooped on the Raiders for the next 10 years. And I don't want McDaniels to do that with the Raiders to the Broncos. Anyway, uh, the Broncos' new head coach is former Green Bay offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett.
1: Okay. So how much of this is, hey, Aaron Rodgers, please come here? I really hope
0: 0% of it is that. Why? Because of Aaron Rodgers the person? No, because hiring a coach to incentivize a guy who's under contract to demand a trade to your team is stupid. Yeah. So dumb. So short-sighted. What happens if that fails? Uh, Thankfully, I I really don't think that that's what happened. And everything
1: I've seen from Nathaniel Hackett, there was some video that I think it was posted to the Broncos subreddit. And it was like a preseason like camp video where Hackett was like mic'd up and oh, was yeah. uh, uh, just like talking to his guys, and it was awesome, man. Like, yeah, dude. He seemed like a legit coach that could get his guys hyped up. Like, I'm not an X's and O's football guy, but um, in general, just seemed super energetic and likable, and basically the opposite of big dumb face Fangio.
0: Find me someone who is more opposite from Fangio than right. Hackett. Like, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, they they couldn't be more different. Right. Uh, there's about a uh, twenty. I think it's just a twenty-year age difference between the two of them. It shows. Um, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, like Hackett has gone on record talking about how uh, he puts like Star Wars characters into the name of a play. Oh, you're sold. Oh, that immediately. I I read that and I was like, "I'm in. This is my dude." (laughs) Um, he said at his. uh, I think it was at his introductory press conference, he's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to be a backup dancer for Justin Timberlake or Janet Jackson or something. Amazing. When he was a kid. Um, He went to school at UC Davis. Okay. I studied to be a neurobiologist or something like that. Um, And then decided, you know what? These people aren't fun enough. Um, But I've had fun with my dad, who's the football coach. So I'm going to go try that. So he never played? Um, uh, not professionally, no. Okay. But uh, he, he does have a history, a long history, really, in, in the NFL. He's, he's been a, an NFL coach for uh, nine years. Um, he was the Bills' offensive coordinator from 2013 to 14, Jags' quarterbacks coach from 15 to 16, and then Jags' offensive coordinator from 16 to 18. He got fired halfway through that year. Uh, kind of got scapegoated by their head coach who was trying to save his job. Um, and then until from from twenty nineteen until now, he was the Green Bay offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, only forty two years old. I mean, I know that's kind of crazy based on the uh, how young the uh, coaches were in the Super Bowl. What like Sean McVay's thirty six, I think thirty six. Um, but forty two seems yeah young, energetic. Uh, that's kind
0: of exciting. Well, what I'm really excited about with Hackett is that he will be running a a system that is similar to the Kyle Shanahan system, which is derived from the Mike Shanahan system, which we were just talking about, plug and play any uh, running back, and you've got 1,000 yards. Now, Kyle has adapted it a bit to the modern NFL, uh, but at his introductory press conference, Hackett said there will be inside zone runs which is what uh mike shanahan really capitalized on in denver
1: was that happening in green bay like the things that he was saying he wants to do i mean as an oc it seems like he would have complete control over this so he there. wasn't
0: actually he was the offensive coordinator but he didn't call the plays that was the head coach how
1: how rare is that in the nfl I it's mean,
0: becoming more and more common really okay for for the head coach to effectively i mean that's he'll be calling the plays here. Hackett will be calling the plays in Denver. Um, and I, I didn't watch much of the Packers at all at any time over the last three years. Uh, but this sounds right. He, he, um, at, at his introductory presser, he said, uh, we're going to be, you know, doing the play action. We're going to be rolling out, like, the bootleg, which, again, that was a staple when Mike Shanahan was here and we're going to be taking shots down the field. So all of those things scream Mike Shanahan Broncos heyday to me.
1: Okay. So obviously you've talked about how that is like kind of running back agnostic, but how quarterback agnostic is a
0: scheme like that? They do say that it's quarterback friendly. Okay. We saw, let's just take Mike Shanahan for an example, because maybe that's not the best idea because he's the best at this. He'd like, perfected this style of the West coast offense, but we've seen him had have success with Jake Plummer who didn't do much outside of Denver. Uh, Jay Cutler who wasn't with Shanahan for that long. Um, and was fine, I guess in Chicago. I mean, he was there. He's been, he was in the NFL for like 10 years. Um, he made RG three look awesome in Washington he made Kirk Cousins look really good in Washington, and then Cousins has still been pretty good in other schemes. Was he there with Colt
1: McCoy? Because I know Colt McCoy just is awesome.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if he was with McCoy or not. That's actually a good question. Um, But, uh, I mean, Kyle Shanahan is making it look easy with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, like, who's Jimmy Garoppolo, you know? Is he a good quarterback, or is he just right? Shanahan's – benefiting I mean, from you get to the system. NFC
1: Championship game, right? <laughs>
0: so Yeah. And and like you don't even know if he's good. So yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. seems like it should be pretty quarterback agnostic. I like that term. Um There's actually some like speculation that Drew Lock could be a really good fit for it. Speculation from who? Like from looking at the scheme paired with Drew Lock's skills. I like guess not speculation, but hope. Maybe would be the better term. You think Drew Locke is excited about this this coaching change? Like, Yeah, I do don't think, see why he
1: wouldn't be. You think he was frustrated with Vangio? Yes. Okay. Beyond the fact that, obviously, Bridgewater won the starting job, you think he was legitimately
0: frustrated? Oh, I think with... that's why. Okay. but That's just my guess. Um, the Broncos also hired a new defensive coordinator. They had to wait until after the Super Bowl to do it because this dude was the secondary coach for... The Rams, uh, he is, his name is Ejiro Evero, Evero. Um, he was a Fangio assistant in San Francisco. He was a Wade Phillips assistant in LA. Well, then all Broncos fans are sold. I mean, I'm really stoked for, for this dude's resume. We'll see what happens on the field, but... um I'm looking forward to him. Uh, it seems like he's
1: kind of got an important role, too, because you're going away from Fangio, obviously, a DC in his past life. Um, as many complaints as people have, the Broncos had a good defense, right? Right. Um, so
0: So I'm glad that they're not changing the scheme. Because you, the more similar to Fangio that you are it, it as a defensive coach, um, the more continuity we'll have.
1: There's continuity and there was success. So right. why not continue that, right?
0: So, Averro uh, and uh, oh, offensive coordinator. Um, man, I don't even have the offensive coordinator's name down.
1: Is this a new hire as well?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I dropped the ball on that one. Uh, those guys will be having their introductory press conferences on Tuesday, which at time of recording, that's tomorrow.
1: How r- revealing are these press conferences? Are they just – they don't really mean much.
0: I think it's mostly – almost you entirely say what you gotta speak. say yeah. yeah okay like the offensive dude will come out tomorrow and he'll say some flowery things about drew lock and like he'll probably be very non-committal about teddy bridgewater uh and then he'll be effusive in his praise about uh javante williams and the receiving quarter, Sure, you know um so
1: you know don't... but it's a little nugget right now when we're yeah, Ury I mean, we're in the doldrums right now.
0: Like, there's not even draft news. stuff going right. on. Right, yeah. Um, so, So, uh, real quick, I'm just going to run through some... No, actually, I'm going to skip that. I'm, I'm making changes on the fly here. I was going to go through positions of need. But we can do that later because there's that a long like time. That sounds like an episode in and of itself. Yeah, and there's a long time before, like, any roster moves actually start happening. So, I'll just hit the positions real quick. I'm not going to go into it. The Broncos need a right tackle, inside linebacker, edge rusher, defensive lineman, and obviously quarterbacks.
1: Okay, so can I just stop you there? Do they need this because of weakness at the position or because of
0: vacancies at the position? Maybe both. These are pretty much These are pretty much vacancies, honestly.
1: And are any of these things going to and maybe I'm Jumping into what we would actually get into in the next episode, but are any of these things uh, definitely like, oh, this is a draft fill over a free agent signing I or think, vice versa?
0: I think tackle, right tackle. This this should be a good tackle class. Um, and you can definitely find your right tackle answer in the first or second, I think. Uh, defensive line could be the same. Um, but like I said, we, we'll, we'll really dive into that later. Uh, sure. Because yep. I, I have too many notes.
1: It's weird for us to have too many notes. I mean, this is what happens when you go a year and a half, right?
0: Yeah, I've been working on this for a year and a half, <laughs> <laughs> typing like a letter a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the other big elephant in the room with the Broncos that I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention is ownership.
1: Yes, they are selling. Right, the Boltons are selling Bolins. Bolins. Yes, the Bolins. Poorly informed.
0: You're a uh, Thinking about Drew Locke's girlfriend there?
1: Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe <not. laughs> if you don't get it, then you'll never
0: get it. So the Broncos are officially up for sale. Um, estimated valuation for the team is currently like $4 billion, I think, according to Forbes.
1: That's surprisingly low based on what I would have assumed for an NFL franchise as big as the Broncos. Well, the
0: last NFL franchise that sold was the Panthers, who are significantly less like yeah, notable on a national stage, right? right? But they only sold for I think two only two point six billion.
1: That's surprising.
0: So the Broncos to be twice a, twice as much at an estimate. Like that's not an official valuation. That's just Forbes.
1: Okay, maybe that makes sense. I was thinking I would, so what I was comparing it to was the New York Mets, um, but they sold for two point four. So I was thinking for some reason they sold for like six. But no. Okay, so that actually makes sense for the Broncos.
0: Well, currently, there are a bunch of rumored bidders. Jeff like, Bezos? <laughs> isn't he one of them? I don't think his name is actually attached to any like legitimate rumor at this point. Okay, so that was just clickbait. I think it's just like he's a rich dude and the Broncos are up for sale.
1: Right, and he wants. rumor is he wants a sports franchise.
0: Yeah, but I'm not sure if he's actually said anything or, or not. Um, but there are a bunch of much smaller and much more, um, anonymous bidders. Uh, Any
1: household names though? I mean, I know you said smaller, but
0: really none. Okay. Um, outside of a couple, which I'll, I'll get to, but, uh, Elon my, Musk. my no. point is with, <laughs> my point is with the number of, of bidders, we could see this actual sale price a lot higher than 4 billion because there could actually be a bidding war for this team. Right. Um, and I believe that the trust is legally obligated to sell to the highest bidder.
1: So here's my question. And you're not gonna know this answer, so this is more just a question out into the ethos. Sure. But I'd be curious, you know, the more a franchise sells for, really in any sport, does that somehow like portend like a lower salary? Like, oh man, I spent six billion for this team, so I've really got to cut back on my salary. Oh, I can't afford to to be in the luxury tax or whatever. I don't know. if There's an NFL equivalent to that. But um or is it more like, hey, if you can afford this six billion or whatever for a team, then whatever. I can afford every salary I I need to sign to be good. I mean You're I, right. I, I guess, I don't I guess have an kind answer. of where I, <laughs> and kind of where I'm leading going with this question is basically is there any fear that, you know, kind of like a Monfort situation with the Rockies mm. that ownership will be an impediment to success.
0: Definitely. There is definitely that kind of fear. I don't know how much it's really tied to, you know, how much money they actually put down on the team, um, or shell out for the team. But, uh, I would guess like the answer to your question about, uh, like the scale, the difference between how much you pay versus how much you pay your people. Um, would probably depend on the person
1: yeah that's a good point like it, it, i'd agree would be with a that actually now individual. that i'm thinking about it
0: but um well i lost my train of thought with your other question i'm sorry
1: yeah basically just like what what is the impediment like is there any worry about impediment of ownership you oh, know yeah, and yeah, who's, yeah. Who, the, so, who the team is going to go to and it's like you know i feel like with a lot of teams it's just wonderful because you never have to think about ownership right um and then you have certain owners like, let's take, I don't know, like Mark Cuban, for example, like dudes obviously willing to spend, but very much in the way of things, mm-hmm. you know? So how much is Peyton scared about who's going to buy the team? Uh, also, is he scared for his job? If yeah, someone so- buys the team and has their own guy that they want to slot in. I mean, how how much will this shake up as we sit here today on February 21st, 2022 and talk about the state of the Broncos how much will the sale of the team, when it happens, completely change our conversation, or how much will it not at all? Or like, will it just everything just be status quo?
0: I mean, that is the four billion dollar question. You know. Fair. Hey, I see what you did uh, that. <laughs> well done. It's uh it's anyone's guess. There, like, there's definitely fear among the fans that, what if we get a shitty owner? What if we get a uh, Mark Davis who owns the Raiders? Right. Or a uh, horrible haircut. Uh, Dan Snyder, who owns the Commanders, um, who is a vile, vile human being. Right.
1: Like, yeah, we all know kind of what's gone down there. Yeah, with like, that franchise that and everything.
0: We we had Pat Bolin who was like a model of 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 sports ownership. I mean, for,
1: go back to the famous Peyton Manning. You know, this one's for Pat, right?
0: Yeah, it was actually John Elway, but yeah. I thought I
1: thought Peyton did that as well. Did he not?
0: Peyton might have said it, but that was like a thing that when they won the first Super Bowl, uh, Pat held up the trophy and said, this one's for John. So then it was like a, a tribute thing for for Elway to say, this one's for Pat.
1: I feel like me learning this is like an indoctrination to Broncos fandom that Amen. I that I needed to have. And I did it here live with you all.
0: Welcome to it.
1: Thank you. <clears throat> Good okay. To so,
0: so there are a bunch of groups. I don't want to go, or groups and individuals. I don't want to go into all of them. Um... Because there are a bunch And probably a lot of the rumors are phony um, And it doesn't even matter Like do you know who Dean Metropolis is? I certainly don't think that's a real name <laughs> It does sound like I think in the Reddit comments I'm, I'm stealing this from somebody else But it sounds like a Marvel villain or something It really right? does
1: Yeah it sounds like he should be like Superman's villain Who actually right. owns Metropolis Yeah
0: So so like that's the majority of the names that are attached
1: I here. know that's DC don't at me <laughs>
0: That's the majority of, of the names that are attached. It's like, like, okay, that rich guy wants to buy the team. And the other rich guy wants to buy the team. And why do we care, you know, until it happens? So I'm going to run through, I think I've got three that stand out. Okay. Uh, the first one is a group. And I'm just going to go through it. They're a decentralized autonomous organization or a DAO. Uh, that is called Buy the Broncos, B-U-Y, the Broncos. Uh, They're a group of fans, business people, uh, and other investors who are pooling their investments uh, together in the form of cryptocurrency. And I did look, I I didn't see what crypto they're using. But they're uh, pooling together in the form of cryptocurrency to purchase a stake in the team. Uh, Their stated goal is, quote, to establish an infrastructure so that fans from all walks of life can be owners of the Denver Broncos.
1: That's fascinating. I have so many thoughts here. Well, here's the. I don't b- know that they're organized though. But okay.
0: I, it, so, the first thing I thought is that this sounds like a scam, and someone's going to get the rug pulled out from under them. Once it's again, don't at me, them. but I hear I hear hundreds.
1: crypto, and I'm wondering about a scam. Um, yeah. You know, I like the idea of. you know, owning a team. You know, like, isn't that kind of what Green Bay is, right? Like, the city owns the team. Yeah,
0: but here's the thing, as the NFL, since Green Bay did that, the NFL has enacted a rule where you can't do that anymore. So what the hell are these people doing? Did they just skip over that part of, like, what does it take to own an NFL team when they Googled that up? Yeah, that's interesting. That's why it feels like a scam to me. Yeah. Because here's here's the, the... Here's the, here's the rule. I had to copy it out from, from Google. I think this comes from a maybe a Forbes article. Um, the NFL prohibits groups of more than 24 individuals from forming an ownership group.
1: So our so, slash Denver Broncos has no, no chance.
0: Exactly. And I can't tell you how many times a day I see a comment that says, How come we don't all just pitch together and buy the Broncos? Because there's a rule against it. Right. You're not allowed to. The other like, part of this rule, the NFL requires one individual to be the majority owner owning at least a 30% share in the team.
1: Does this group have that person named?
0: I don't think so. I don't know if they can because they're a group. Now, if I don't know if they're allowed to buy a minority stake in a team that might be different.
1: So you've got an ownership group with one of the owners of the ownership group being a group. So we're like, it's groups all the we're way. We're putting down, groups man. in our groups because I heard you like groups.
0: <laughs> it's just, oh, it's it's so confusing when you start talking about the legalese and the like. Oh, this group and that group and so many investments and right. And I I don't do well with like money and numbers anyway.
1: <laughs> I'm just but, I'm just not interested, frankly. Well, um. Like, if my owner of the team I root for pays enough for them to be good, I'm happy with them. If they're not, I'm pissed at them. Yeah. That's about where my interests.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the bottom line for me. So a couple other groups that are uh, interested uh, or or otherwise linked. Um, This one's an interesting case. And I don't want to get a lot into societal issues, but we might stray there. Uh, comedian-turned-media mogul Byron Allen. Uh, I never heard that name. Yeah, I hadn't either until he started popping up with, with rumors about the Broncos. Uh, he said in an interview, I think sometime in 2019 or 20 maybe, uh, he said that he was approached by Patriots owner Robert Kraft and NFL commissioner Roger Goodell saying, hey, you should buy an NFL team, specifically you should buy the Carolina Panthers because they're up for sale right now. So that was 2018. Uh, he said, yeah, that'd be cool, but I can't because I don't have the capital. I should point out before I get too much farther uh Byron Allen's a black guy.
1: Okay. Would that be the first black owner in yes. NFL history? That'd be so, cool. So, uh,
0: according to Allen, the two asked him to make a bid on the Carolina Panthers. Um... But he, he didn't have the, the capital to make a, a, a bid at the time. Um,
1: and then he got into crypto. Let's talk about Bitcoin, everyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here's the thing, though. That, um, there is speculation that the NFL could bend its own rules. So that the NFL has a rule. There are a lot of rules about being an owner, it turns out. Um
1: All set by the other owners, let's be clear. Like, Goodell's not setting these rules. It's the other owners telling Goodell to set these rules. Well,
0: yeah, because Goodell works for the the owners. Um, But it's kind of interesting that just being a rich guy isn't enough. (laughs) Like, like, there's so many other stipulations about getting into this club. Um, The NFL has rules requiring the controlling owner to hold 30% of the equity... I don't know what that means. I copied this from Google or from
1: yeah. I think essentially that means you have the capital to uh, control thirty percent of the of the okay value of the team in some sense.
0: They also have to have less than one billion dollars in debt associated with the team. So if the Broncos are worth three million three billion, sorry, you're not taking out some big loan in order
1: to purchase the team. Right, you got to have the
0: liquidity yourself. Now. This reporter from the Sports Business Journal, Ben Fisher, or maybe not reporter, maybe financial analyst, whatever, um, he speculated that the NFL could waive this rule, creating a one-time exception in order for Allen to make a bid for the team. So is this just a response to the Brian Flores lawsuit? That is sure what it feels like to me, except that it goes back to 2018. So it might even be
1: like they saw this coming.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I don't want to get myself in trouble. It feels like tokenism. Yeah. Right. It's like uh, we want to be able to say that, like, we're inclusive,
1: without actually being inclusive. Right. We just want to get we want to get the checkbox done so that we can say, hey, look, I'm, look at this. We can point and say
0: the comment that I keep saying or seeing on Reddit is, uh, "This feels like the NFL ownership equivalent of saying I have a black friend."
1: yes yeah like trump saying uh you know there there's my black guy over there yeah you know it's just like you know <laughs> yeah so it, tokenism so, like
0: you're saying it's so i have a hard time because on the one hand first of all first and foremost i want a good owner for this team yeah i don't really care what color their skin is yeah but second secondly after that it'd be cool to have the first black owner in in sports like in, in yes. major u.s sports and it's crazy
1: that there hasn't been one to this point.
0: Like, I mean, I think I talked to you a couple weeks ago when the Broncos first went up. I wanted a dude by the name of Robert Smith. I think, I think that's his name. He's a very generic name, so I might be wrong. Uh, he is a Denver native billionaire who could afford to buy the team, but he's currently... Excuse me, I got a hiccup there. He's uh, currently involved in buying another company with his company. And it's like several times larger than the cost of the Broncos. So his funds are sort of tied up. Right, right. now. Right. Um, but he's, he's a Denver native who is fabulously wealthy and happens to be a black dude. Yeah. Like that's a set of wins for me. Yeah. Like, like, okay, cool. He's a Broncos fan. He can afford the team. And like, it sounds wrong to say this but like as a bonus he's a black guy like I think all right, that's cool. cool
1: no I just I think that would be awesome to be able to say like hey the team I root for had the first black owner in yeah. any major American sport I think that'd be awesome I mean, Raiders fans pride themselves. I mean, it's awesome
0: Raiders fans pride themselves on having uh one of the first black head coaches in the NFL as they should and one of the first he the Raiders head coaches, but as they should Lat. Latinx head coaches I don't know what the I call myself we, Hispanic, so I'm going to say Hispanic. Yeah. I, <laughs> I hope that's okay. I,
1: I read an article about all this recently. I'm not going to bore our listeners, <laughs> but you can say whichever one you want. It's okay. basically the... the uh,
0: I'm not trying to be offensive. I'll just preface it with that. Um, Nor are you. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, moving on, because I don't have a lot more to say about that. It, it's kind of interesting that the NFL might bend its own rules to, to get Byron Allen in the door. There's a lot of fan pushback saying, well, he's just a guy who like happens... Will happen to own a team uh, he, He's not going to love the team Like we don't know that Stop making that assertion Because it's a stupid assumption And it makes me assume That you're only upset about this Because he's a black guy Because I don't see the same kind of comments In white guy X Is interested exactly. in buying the team yeah I don't want to boil everything down To a race issue I really don't like doing that But that's sure what it looks like to me And from, that's what will happen Well, will and, suck but. Right, it will but we're Eventually. not going to do that. Um, yeah, and I, I, honestly, like, I would like to drop it there as, yeah. as in terms of, like, like ooh, white guy versus black guy buying a team. Like, like I said, I don't care. Yeah, but I, I think we both agree homer.
1: just it would be awesome if the Broncos yeah. were the first American major sports franchise owned by uh, someone who is black. I think that'd be awesome.
0: All right. The other two groups that um, are just worth mentioning, I'm not going to, like, go into it a whole bunch, but... Uh, uh, there are two groups of like smaller investors. Uh, one includes John Elway, and one includes the Manning family. So Archie Payton and Eli. And they're not together on this, right? They're two separate groups. Neither one of them has like the heavyweight that's going to throw down.
1: So they'd have to be like a Jeter for the Marlins, exactly right? Like, like part that. of a group. Yep. And you're the big name that's definitely throwing around some serious money, but. Definitely could not have done this without the rest of the ownership group helping you out,
0: right? And so, so fans get excited when they see those names attached, like, sure, especially Manning. People have wanted Manning to take John Elway's job for a few years now, um, despite there being no reason to think that El or Manning could do Elway's job, because right? He never has before. Um,
1: He's not calling audibles from the uh, <laughs> right from the luxury boxes. Yeah, I'd
0: rather have him as like an offensive advisor than even right. a coach, let alone like GM. Um, so anyway, like those, those dudes are in there. Like you said, it would be very similar to the, to the Jeter situation. Yeah. Um, and the Jeter situation is weird because Jeter's kind of the face of that ownership group, despite being like a huge minority yes. owner.
1: Yes. Yeah. He answers, he responds to all the questions. He's almost like a PR head. And like, I don't think Elway would be good at that. I think Peyton would be pretty good at that. Peyton would be very good at that. Um, so you know, maybe there's. But what are to the that. odds of
0: finding a billionaire who's going to be like, "Yeah, I fronted three billion dollars and whatever," but I'll take a backseat to you, sure? Yeah, exactly. Like the, the fact that the Jeter situation exists at all is bizarre to me and surprising. I don't see it happening again. Yeah, you know? and I
1: think it's a weird thing to root for. Yeah, as a Broncos fan. Like, I get it. We love Peyton. We love Elway. But it's kind of a weird thing to root for in an ownership situation.
0: Yeah. I would rather have one super rich dude who will do what it takes for the team. And just hands the reins over. Yeah. To George Peyton, right?
1: Yeah. That's what you want. The best owner in sports is the one that is willing to spend money and does not meddle.
0: Yeah. I mean, Pat Bowen was around. He made his presence known with the team. But he was never like a Jerry Jones sticking his fingers in yes, everything, right? Know? And and Jerry Jones has screwed that team over, yeah. What is he several yeah, times
1: exactly? What has he
0: done? So. So anyway, that's a uh, much ado about nothing. When is
1: what is there a deadline to this happening? The, no, the sale not. of the team, they, or is this um, going to drag in the next season?
0: They expect it to be done this offseason. or or within this calendar pre year. or post draft, probably post, right? Probably post. Yeah, um, I, I think the latest estimate that I saw was like training camp. So July or August
1: by then or during that, like, like
0: wrapping up then. Okay. Um, it'll take a little while to get like the official bids together. Then there will be a, um, a group of lawyers who who look it over and they announce the names of the lawyers, but we don't know what's, so are they it hired matter. by the NFL? Uh, I don't think by the NFL, but they've handled I think they were hired by the trust. The but they handled trust. yeah. I think they were involved in the Mets sale though. So I so they have okay. like
1: experience in and very recent experience. Right. In sports sales. Okay. And is this um, gonna handicap Peyton during this offseason? I mean obviously no, the it draft seem like it. It doesn't matter, but in terms of signing free agents or making big trades and I mean it taking could, on big contracts. I mean
0: it could, but it doesn't seem like it should. Um George Payton knew what the situation was when he took this job two, yeah a year ago. Uh, and at the introductory press conference for Hackett, both Hackett and Peyton were asked, did this affect your decision at all? Like, were you worried about coming here? Whatever. And they both said, no. I mean, they kind of have to, but you could probably give like a politically correct, like, yeah, I mean, it was something we had to consider, but, but they both just flat said, no. Okay. So you know, take that for what it's worth worth something I think yeah I mean that's
1: that's good to know,
0: but but yeah, right now, it's just kind of sitting around waiting to see what happens um the the ownership you know legitimate bidders will start to become clearer in the coming weeks um and NFL draft talk will heat up in the coming weeks. And I'm going to follow it closely and, for the first time. Hey, that'll be fun, man. It will and I'm be. not sure when free agency starts, but that's before the draft. So
1: even more spicy if you're talking Broncos quarterback situation. Yes, definitely. And we need to get into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so we got to be back soon.
1: I'm thinking so. It's good to be back, man. This was fun. This was good. This was fun. There's a lot of stuff that we have not been talking about when we meet up in person. It's been good to get into.
0: We went a little bit long. So if you stuck with us, bless you. Thank Thank you
1: so much. Yes. And thanks for coming back. And if you're a returning listener, that's awesome. Good good to have your ear holes pinned to us again. If you're new, uh, God bless you. Good luck. Welcome to this wild ride. But yeah, Aaron, dude... uh, we're hopefully getting back to some normalcy. I hope this podcast returning is somewhat indicative of that. Um but I'm so done with this covid thing, man. Let's uh <laughs> let's hope it it stays in the back burner. Here, you here. know, we got cases dropping everywhere. Let's let's keep that trend up. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, it sticks this time, right? That's right. Let's keep our sports in the forefront of our fun. Let our entertainment stay
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: that's all I can hope for, man. All right, fellas. Well, until next time.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining us. Be sure to, be sure to smash that like button, subscribe, rate Smash up. it
1: hard. Thanks, friends. Thank <laughs> you. We'll be back at you soon.
0: Bolton. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Atencio91, at Cutchen, and at PI Sports Show. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod of at for our track Ready, Aim, Fire. This has been the Poorly Informed Sports Show.